we here at Rocky Mountain Red-Handed want to share a stress warning with you. Our cases and stories involve mental illness, sexual assault, suicide, gun violence, and emotional trauma. Please listen with care. If you or someone you know is suffering in the U.S., please reach out to 988, the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Hey! Hey everyone, Mel and Beck here. We just wanted to drop in and remind you to follow us on our social medias. So our Instagram and our Facebook are Rocky Mountain Red Handed, and our Twitter is RMRH Podcast. Yeah, so go and check out our social medias. We always post great pics that have to do with our uh, cases, case notes, anything that we find interesting, we share with you guys. Also, Mel, what's that email address? Our email is RockyMountainRedHanded at gmail.com. Yeah, send us in your case recommendations. We want to know about local cases in your community and how they have affected your towns. So hit us up. Let us know of of the cases you want to hear in the Rocky Mountains. The Rocky Mountains hold many mysteries. Millions of people enjoy the natural beauty, but some come across the hidden dangers. This is Rocky Mountain Red-Handed. I'm Melanie, here with my dear friend Becky. The stories we share are remembered by some, but forgotten by many. Let's dive in to Rocky Mountain Red-Handed. Hi, Becky. How are you doing today? Hey, Melanie. How's life? Oh, it's going pretty good. How about for you? Good. It's still going great. Well, that's good. So we are sort of neighbors, right, Becky? Yeah, yeah we live in the same neighborhood. I yeah. love our neighborhood. Oh, our neighborhood is the best. And neighbors play a really big role in our lives. And my husband and I feel so lucky to move into the neighborhood that we live in right now. Mm -hmm. um, during all of the shutdowns with COVID, we had all sorts of group texts going on when people could find toilet paper or medicine or different things. People would post it on there. Um, or grab me a stick of butter. I'm out of butter. Yeah. We had a lot of texts going. Yeah. It was awesome just to feel that support and that camaraderie together and to be able to help each other and lift each other up. And we even do at the end of every school year, we've done it twice. So this coming year will be our third year um, where we have a big end of school party with foam machines and candy and treats. And we had a water slide last time. Mm -hmm. Just so fun to bring the kids together and I just know that all of my neighbors are looking out for my kids and looking out for me, which is amazing. Completely. We have lots of eyes on each other's kids and our families and our houses when we leave town. Our, our neighborhood is amazing. Yeah. So speaking of uh, eyes on kids, <laughs> Becky has a story about a well, neighbor helping with one of your kids, right? This is great because Melanie and we were just talking about this and it completely go kind of goes with our, our neighborhood theme of, of this case. I had a friend that lives in an amazing neighborhood and um, a, an older gentleman moved in a couple houses down. So, she, you know, a week or so later, she made some cookies and walked down and gave it to him. And he opened the door and he was just cranky and just mad. And she said, oh, I'm, I'm your neighbor, you know, here's some cookies. And he's like, oh, this neighborhood, they will not quit bugging me and bringing me stuff and saying hello and are introducing themselves and I just don't care. 
And she said, well, you moved into the wrong neighborhood for that. You know, if you want quiet, we're, we're a close neighborhood. And so we slammed the door, took the cookies, of course, slammed the door. And then like a week later, a for sale sign was out in front of his house and he was gone. She never saw him again. So <laughs> he, he looked for a quieter place. But I like that camaraderie. I like having people around that I know are looking out for me and looking out for my kids, especially. I do too. I do too. It's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> do you want to tell your story about how, how the neighbor looked out for oh, yeah. one of your kids? I yes. I have the cutest son. He's six and he's autistic. So he's a runner. We're super, super blessed to have an amazing school right in our neighborhood. And I am down in Las Vegas getting ready to board a plane for Mexico. And I get a phone call from a neighbor and she's like, um, yeah, I just saw your son run past my house and my son again he's he's autistic so he's just kind of in his own little world he never runs anywhere i've never seen this kid move quickly anywhere and so when my neighbor called out his name he turned around saw her and he just took off like sprinting which i wish i was there to see that because i've never seen my son <laughs> sprint anywhere but I'm super grateful that we do have eyes around for my little boy because he likes to take off and run. So, yeah. So yeah. luckily that one ended well and mm -hmm. she was looking out for him. Yes. Well, in small towns, especially neighbors fill more than one role. When you live a more isolated life, neighbors really can stand in for many different roles, like a therapist, best friend, repairman, paramedic, clergy, small town neighbors take care of one another. My my family's from the basin, shout out, ooh, ooh, in rural Utah. And I was actually born on the Indian reservation out there. And my sweet grandma, I remember that whenever we'd go and pick her up and, and have her come stay with us, my dad would say, mom, lock your doors. And she would say her response was always like, no, what if someone needs to get in? I thought that oh. was so sweet. That is so sweet. That, that's and the that's, neighborly love of yeah, a small town. And that's a small town. Is like, what if someone needs something? So she left her house unlocked just in case someone needed something. Oh, I wish we could still live like I that. Know, that's so sweet. I know. Well, in today's story, we are going to share just how our neighbors can change the course of our lives. And I promise you will definitely lock your door tonight. Ooh, here's the story of the attack on the Heath Wallace family and the death of Patricia Heath. Our story today takes place in the beautiful small town called Bayview, Idaho. Bayview is a postcard-ready little lakeside community not far from the Canadian border. It is surrounded by Idaho's largest state park and national forest, so it is untouched beauty. Bayview is really popular during the warm months with lots of tourists and snowbirds. If you're not familiar, snowbirds are usually retired people, you know, chasing the warm weather. They spend some of the season, you know, in a, in a warmer climate and then go, you know, to a place where it is still warm. They just follow that warm weather. But during the icy cold off-season months in Bayview, um, it turns into somewhat of a ghost town. The locals stick together. Everyone knows each other and they truly look after one another. Some of the locals in this town were the Heath Wallace family. They were a very popular, well-loved family with deep ties to the community. Patricia, uh, who goes by Patty, was a 43-year-old mother, wife, and caretaker of her mother-in-law. She was very friendly and was a great neighbor. 
at Patty. Patty's mother-in-law, who she took care of, is Lorraine Yvonne Wallace. Everyone calls her Yvonne, so we'll call her Yvonne. She was 58 and had retired as a hairdresser recently due to some injuries. She and Patty were very, very close, and Yvonne thought of Patty as a daughter. Yvonne was outgoing and really a social butterfly. There was also Patty's husband, Michael L. Heath, who was 40 years old. Um, he was living in the home, and Jedediah M. Heath, everyone called him Jed, so we will too, um, who was living with the family. Jed was 21 and the son of Patty and Michael. He was very close to his family, which I think is really cool because a lot of 20-year-olds just want to go off mm -hmm. into the world, but he loved being around them. So he loves spending evenings with his family after working his construction job during the day. Awesome. The Heath family lived in a mobile home at 34552 North Limekiln Road in Bayview. The happy home was just 75 feet to the Cragen family who lived just across the street. A couple of years earlier, Larry W. Cragen moved to Bayview. Larry was a 31-year-old husband and father with an outgoing personality. His wife, Katie, was very sweet and loved being a mom to their young daughter, Emma. Larry worked at the marina dock at Lake Ponderay, assisting tourists. Lake Ponderay is a gorgeous lake. It's a large lake with a bustling shoreline offering different recreational sports and boating options. It's really the draw of the community um, to spend time at the lake. After living peacefully for several years, the Cragen family started to have problems that were noticeable to neighbors in the spring of 2010. Larry's life began to crash down around him and his mental health began to suffer because of this. Neighbors and friends saw a change in him as his time in Bay Bayview passed. Cragen began drinking more and neighbors saw and heard the couple fighting in their home. That summer, Cragen lost his job at the marina. Katie took their daughter, Emma, and moved to Coeur d'Alene, which is just about 40 minutes from Bayview. Have you been to Coeur d'Alene, Mel? No, but it's a place I want to go because I know it's just gorgeous. It is gorgeous up there. So she took Emma um, up to Coeur d'Alene to stay with family to, to put some distance between them and Cragen. Michael Heath, who is Patty Heath's husband, told the spokesman, which is a local newspaper, that police had visited Cragen at his home several times. Cragen filed reports that his neighbors, the Heath Wallace family, were burglarizing his home and poisoning him and his dog. Also, according to the police report, Cragen had alleged that Jed Heath, Patty and Michael's son, was placing pubic hair in Cragen's food, which is so gross. And Becky wrote this script <laughs> and made me be the one to say that. But no, it was totally by chance. I promise. I'm so sorry. I gagged <laughs> reading that because that's just so gross. It is terrible. And, you know, I mean, in all seriousness, you really see of a rapid decline in his mental health that when he moved in, apparently he was a very normal man. And now he's accusing neighbors of that. I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty gross. So he's definitely going downhill quick. I mean, he's lost his job. He's lost his family. Yeah. yeah, things are, things are not looking up. So in fact, Cragen had filed over 20 complaints to the Kootenay County regarding his neighbors. Deputies noted that Cragen's allegations were false and unfounded. And Cragen, of course, rejected this conclusion and continued to harass his poor neighbors. Each day, it seemed as if Cragen's anger increased against his neighbors. 
Almost on a daily basis, he would throw snowballs and yell profanities at the family. That just makes it so hard to live in a place where your neighbor is visibly out there just I, saying bad things about you. I can't imagine that harassment. I mean, you pull up in your car and you're getting yelled at. I just oh, I can't, I can't imagine. So Paul Solari, a Bayview local, told reporters, reporters, Cragen was known for being odd and making crazy statements. Herb Huseland, a neighbor of Larry Cragen, described Larry as irrational for many reasons, but at the time, Cragen was busy distributing flyers to educate his neighbors on the government's action of mind control to its citizens. He also posted a letter accusing the government of invading his mind and claimed that the government was building a brainwave generator. Yeah, so we definitely have some hallucinations, should I say? I don't know. So some mental health issues for sure. Definitely. On Sunday, December 19th, 2010, just six days before Christmas, the Heath Wallace family was relaxing and watching television. About 1.30 p.m., Cragen burst in through the unlocked front door without any notice. He was carrying a large kitchen knife and a large hammer. He called the family of four a profane name and attacked them, bludgeoning the family in the head with a heavy hammer. Becky, you don't hear of hammer attacks very often. It's not um, a very common weapon used. It's very unique to use this for an attack. Yeah, it seems it seems um, very different. You don't hear of a hammer attack very often unless you live in Bayview, Idaho, Mel. Believe it or not, this beautiful little town has a history of deadly hammer attacks. And we'll be right back with the rest of our story. Rocky Mountain Red-Handed is brought to you by Balance of Nature. I love my Balance of Nature. I take it every morning and it makes me feel so good. I do not like to eat vegetables, so I take my Balance of Nature to be able to get in the nutrients that I need. Go to balanceofnature.com and use promo code REDHANDED for 35% off your first order. We call it three and three. I take my three capsules of veggies, three capsules of fruits, and it gives me all I need. So that's Balance of Nature, promo code REDHANDED. Welcome back from that commercial. So we were talking about another hammer attack that happened in Bayview. So um, in September of 1949, a young girl attacked and killed her father in a violent hammer attack. Um, here is Becky's going to tell us about the article from the Spokesman Review from September 7th of 1949. Yeah, so I actually pulled up the original article and here is what it said in the newspaper. Girl 15 faces murder charge. Charlotte Burns is held in hammer slain. Sandpoint, Idaho, September 6th. First degree murder charges were filed today against Charlotte Burns, a 15 year old farm girl accused of killing her father with a hammer. Charlotte was confused and remorseful, prosecutor Robert E. McFarland said. Charlotte wondered what the outside world will do to me. She said she had been to town only twice before in her life. Her third trip led her to jail. The girl is definitely remorseful, McFarland said. However, I must file the charges so that she may be held and then make a thorough investigation. She and her 12-year-old brother, Lewis, were arrested near Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, Sunday after Charles Burns, 67, was found beaten to death on a bed at his home. Used three-pound hammer, officers in Coeur d'Alene said she admitted 
hitting her father with a three-pound hammer because he had failed to keep promises to take her on trips, had beaten her severely, and was threatening her just before the attack. Officers said Charlotte is well-versed in the lore of the woods, but is confused by town and jails. She has heavy calluses on her hands, which she said came from doing farm work at her home on Lake Ponderay. Brother watched attacks. Her brother was held as material witness. Officers said she told him Lewis watched the attack on her father. McFarland said questioning today eliminated, eliminated the need for inquest, which had been scheduled for tomorrow. Officers said Charlotte had lived a somewhat primitive life on the lake. They said her father had carried the nickname She Bear Burns. The girl said she was away from home only seven times in her life. Charlotte and her brother were found coming out of the woods where they spent the night after the slaying. They rode across the lake after helping their mother with the milking, they told officers. They said their mother did not know about the slaying when they left. And that's the end of the article. So that's crazy. I mean... The girl had only left her home seven times and only been to town twice before I, these attacks. I yeah, mean, that is a very primitive life. Definitely. So the town lore strays from the truth a bit. As the legend goes, Charlotte bludgeoned her father and then took the family rowboat to the middle of the lake and stopped. Sitting in the rowboat by herself in the middle of the lake, she started to laugh and laugh and laugh. The lore says you can still hear, hear her laughing, echoing across the lake to this day. That's that spooky. That is very spooky. And that part of the story is, of course, untrue, but the local legend still stands. Now, chances are certain that Cragen had probably heard that tale of Charlotte and her savage attack on her father. wonder if this is where the idea spun for his brutal attack on his neighbors. So let's get back to the Heath Wallace family. They were relaxing, watching TV together, and Cragen violently attacked them with a hammer and then promptly left. Yeah, Michael recovered the quickest after the attack and ran to the phone. He tried to call 911, but the emergency system had an internal error and was not in operation. It's one of those risks living out in those smaller towns. Sometimes that stuff happens. I, this is not Which the is, first time I've heard this case. Yeah, this and case. that is so scary. Yeah. He tried over and over, and eventually the call finally went through. Yvonne Wallace, the mother of Michael, mother-in-law to Patty, and grandma to Jed, shared the following with Investigation Discovery. So I'm going to read her direct quote. It seems like there was a lot of scrambling around when I first woke up. Yeah, it was like I was watching TV, like it really wasn't happening. I was just in shock. He hit me in the head um, twice with a hammer, once in the back of the head, just under the skull, and once on top of the head, and I went out. When police arrived at the crime scene about an hour after the emergency call... An hour! And I'm sorry to interrupt you, but an hour! That is so oh. long, and I mean, it, it is also part of living in such a mm -hmm. remote area, but that's mm -hmm. so long to take for them to get out there. Um, the police found Patricia Heath laying on the ground and bleeding heavily. She told the first responders that she just wanted to go to sleep. While dep deputies were at the crime scene, an employee at Bayview Mercantile, Paul Slary, we've heard from him, called police because Cragen had entered the store and started telling people that he had just killed four people. Another business, JD's Resort, 
had also reported Cragen was telling customers at the bar that he needed to call 911 because he had, quote, just killed three or four people. But instead of calling 911 himself, he grabbed a customer's beer, drank it, and then pulled out a $1 bill and left it on the countertop. He is definitely not in a good frame of mind. No, he is not. Deborah Demler, I think is how you say mm-hmm. her name, um, is Yvonne's best friend, and she was in the bar having a drink when Cragen stopped by. When she heard Cragen with his violent claim, she didn't believe him at first. She told Investigation Discovery, quote, I thought, no, he couldn't have, but I realized with the look in his eyes, he was serious. So she ran to her best friend's house. She said, I was so panicked out of my mind. Here's my best friend that I love so much and her family. This horrible thing has happened to these wonderful people, but I had to keep it together for the sake of all of them. It seemed like forever for the ambulance to get there. It was forever yeah, for one the hour. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not faulting those emergency workers. They're doing their best. Yeah. In fact, I think, I believe in my research that they were having a hard time finding the home. That makes sense. Those rural, those rural, you know, uh, routes and everything can get very, very hard. Yeah. Patty Heath was taken by ambulance to Cotonay Medical Center, which is about 26 and a half miles away, which is a 40 minute drive. So it took them an hour to get there and then 40 minutes Mm -hmm. to drive her. Um, She was pronounced dead the next day at about 1 p.m. She was 43 years old. We are going to take one more break to hear a word from our sponsors. Rocky Mountain Red-Handed is brought to you by Balance of Nature. I love my Balance of Nature. I take it every morning and it makes me feel so good. I do not like to eat vegetables, so I take my Balance of Nature to be able to get in the nutrients that I need. Go to balanceofnature.com and use promo code REDHANDED for 35% off your first order. We call it three and three. I take my three capsules of veggies, three capsules of fruits, and it gives me all I need. So that's Balance of Nature, promo code REDHANDED. And we're back. Thanks to our sponsors. So Michael, Patty's husband, suffered less serious injuries and did not require medical attention. Jed, Michael and Patty's son, and Yvonne's grandson had several head injuries, but he was able to be treated and quickly released. Yvonne Wallace received severe head injuries. Her recovery is much more complex. She recalls, and in her words she says, When I came out of surgery, I had a tube down my throat and my daughter told me that Patty had died. And I started crying and I tried to talk, but I couldn't talk. And I was just so confused and so upset. Why would he kill little Patty? Delicate little Patty. I just don't understand that part. I never will. It was just so shocking that my next door neighbor would just barge into my house and try to kill us. Who is prepared when somebody goes off their rocker like that? I mean, really, who is prepared? Deputies tracked down Larry Cragen at Bayview Diner and arrested him in the parking lot. He was held in jail with a $1 million bail for murder. Aggravated battery, and burglary. His history of addiction and violence was soon discovered by Bayview residents and the Heath Wallace family. Cragen had previous convictions of drug possession, domestic violence assault, attempting to elude police, drunken driving, and battery. Larry Cragen, who pleaded guilty to all charges, claimed he attacked the family because they had been harassing him. He claimed that the Heath Wallace family broke into his home and was hurting his young daughter and his ex-wife. 
Again, there was no evidence that could support these claims. Cragen had a girlfriend, surprisingly, 25-year-old Christine J. Barron. She told investigators that he often carried around a hammer, but she never believed he was capable of hurting anyone. So if he did, it would only be in self-defense. I don't know what to say to that statement. Like, that seems very strange to carry a hammer around. I get being, like, ready to defend yourself, but a hammer seems like a weird choice. Ladies out there, if your partner is carrying around a hammer, I think that is a big red flag. It definitely seems like a big indicator of some mental health issues, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Melanie, remember Charlotte? Yes, I do. Yeah, the girl who attacked her father. Well, she had a chance at a new life given to her after the attack. On October 13th, 1949, about one month after she murdered her father. That is, seems really fast. Yeah, our system used to work a lot faster. Yeah. A judge gave her the opportunity to be adopted by a California family and start a whole new life. Judge Evie Botton placed Charlotte on parole, but the charge of manslaughter stayed with her. Three psychiatric professionals stated that she lived a life of fear because of her father. He reportedly was a very cruel man to his family and animals. Charlotte ended up living a completely normal life in California. So yeah, I mean, you don't know. Charlotte was not mentally ill. She was just trying to survive an abusive situation. What do you think? I'm so glad that she was able to go in front of this judge and be given that chance to live a normal life. I... I can totally understand why she did what she did if she was just trying to save herself and her brother. And her brother, yeah. And I I wish we had more information. I would like to know how her mother played in this this situation. I mean, her mother was there. Do you know what happened to her brother? Mm -mm, No. No, but I I dug. I tried to find it. But, yeah. yeah. Interesting story, though. Yeah, but it sounds like she was able to lead a normal life Mm -hmm. and bless that family for taking her in after that situation yeah. that would be hard for them I bet um so I, I'm I'm glad that she was able to recover from that abuse um to get back to Cragen during sentencing two experts gave their testimony and medical diagnosis of Cragen's mental illness schizophrenia yeah. I don't Bef- think anyone's surprised to hear that diagnosis. no not at all yeah. before sentencing the judge said his own brother suffers from schizophrenia and he acknowledged how mental illness can affect a family think that was really really um thoughtful of the judge to to share that that his heart did go out to those that suffer from mental illness and how it can affect you know the individual but also their families Cragen was sentenced to 30 years in prison for the murder of patricia heath and he will not be eligible for parole until after 30 years He also was sentenced to a 15-year sentence on two aggravated battery charges and 15 years on an attempted murder charge. All of these sentences will run concurrently, so at the same time. So after 30 years, he'll be eligible Mm -hmm. for parole. Uh, Deborah Demler, Yvonne's best friend, said, quote, I think he should never, ever have the chance to be paroled. He should never have the chance to walk as a free man, ever. He's too evil and too unpredictable. I'm a Christian woman. I've forgiven a lot of people in my life, but that's one man I will never forgive. He is straight from hell. He's a demonic, satanic creature. 
A son lost his mother, a husband lost his wife. Yvonne lost her daughter-in-law that she loved like a daughter. I lost a good friend. Yvonne has had a lot of hard recovery and has endured four brain surgeries. She still continues to suffer from side effects and heartbreak caused by this attack. Yvonne shared, quote, Patty was a wonderful, wonderful person. I loved her so much. She has such a special place in my heart. I miss her very much. That is such a sad story. It's such a sad story and I mean, just so, just random. I mean, they're sitting there watching television and this neighbor person, I guess my my thought is like, what if they would have just put up a little bit of a defense and had their front door locked? Yeah. I mean. And it's so interesting because in a small town, it's just so common to leave mm-hmm. your door unlocked because you know everybody, you trust everybody. But if they just done that one thing, I wonder how I mean, it would have ended different. You know what? With with how his thinking was going and with, you know, he had a large knife and a hammer, it probably wouldn't have stopped them. No, but I feel like it could have at least slowed him down. They would have known Mm -hmm. he was coming if they heard him trying to open the door, right? They could have been prepared. Do you lock your door? I know this is a weird question. I do. You know, when me and my husband first got married, we didn't ever lock our door. It was just always unlocked. But yes, my door is always locked. It's just a habit now. What about you? I always have my door locked. In fact, I, when you came over earlier today, I went and unlocked it because I knew you were coming over. So I, yeah, I, I lock usually everything. Yeah. So, and, and we love our neighbors. Oh, so, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I trust the neighbors. Uh-huh. It's other people that yeah. I'm a little more weary of for yeah. sure. But I just, it's, it's sad because, you know, researching this case, it did seem that Larry Craig and his life was going really well when they moved to Bayview. I mean, he did have those previous charges, but I'm all for letting someone have a, have a second chance for sure. But, um, it just seemed like his mental illness just wouldn't let him go. Wouldn't let him go. So, yeah. Well, what a sad story. So everyone make sure you lock your doors (laughs) and don't put pubic hair in your neighbor's (laughs) food. I can't believe you said that again. (laughs) All right. So, uh, make sure you're following us on social media. Um, our Instagram is Rocky Mountain Red Handed, and so is our Facebook. And our Twitter is at Rocky Mountain Red Handed Podcast. So make sure you're following us. If you have any case suggestions, do you want to share our email? You go ahead, Mel. It's Rocky Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, our email is Rocky Mountain Red Handed at gmail.com. So if you have any case suggestions, please send those over there. Yeah. Let us know what cases are still in, you know, impacting your community. There's a lot of cases that kind of go unnoticed by, by the national media. We'd love to share those. Yeah. So until next time, keep your hands clean, keep your hands clean.